So we need to, to say some prayers here, you know. We need to do the little praying thing and for healing for Gail. That's the best way to describe anything that's going on with Gail right now. I also need to pray for my sister again. And so healing there. But man, I was praying as I walked, drove past her trailer that she would that she would know the presence of God because we've really been focusing on that a lot. And so she really needs to. You can go. Oh, you just skirt. I thought you were going to go somewhere and you stopped. I'll sit back down. I'll wait till she's done talking. That could be a while. Um, so yeah, I pray that for Gail too, that she'll know the presence of God right now in the name of Jesus, because it's just important in this day and time for sure. There's just so, so much going on, really. So, you know, I did the El Shaddai teaching God Almighty last two weeks ago, and I didn't get very far. So I'm going to try some more, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get very far again because it's just, there's just so much. I have to tell you, I've to, I got to a point where I was reading Job. I'm thinking, I just need to stop and rewrite Job from, from, well, reinterpret it from a mnemonicos viewpoint because boy, they just really, they really throw all kinds of things out there and everybody makes the same assumptions about, about, Job and his friends, that Job, he's a righteous man. That's a good assumption because he really is. It's not really an assumption. You can see that. But that all three of his friends at all times were against Job, I'm not always sure. But they were trying to provide an explanation of what was going on. And, and sometimes they did. They, sometimes they said they were right on. And so people assumed when they read it that he, whoever the he is, is accusing Job of being that person, of being that wicked person, because he was, you know, they're explaining what they've seen in scripture. They're explaining what God says about what will happen to the wicked people. And so they're like, when you read it, unless it says, I'm telling you, Job, this is what you're doing. And this is why this has happened. And that's not always in there. It's just, there people made an assumption that that's what they were, that's what they were saying to, to Job, his friends. And so it's interesting. They still call him his friends. If they, if he was, if they were really accusing Job of being a wicked person, would they still be calling him his friends? I don't, I don't know. How many wicked people do you know? I know all of us know some people that are wicked. And when I, and I'm not trying, not saying passing judgment. I'm just saying they're not in alignment with the father. They're not following God. They're not pursuing any kind of relationship with the Lord. And the things that they do are just plain old raw. How many people do we know like that? Are they our friend? Are they what we would call friends? The definition of friends. So you're going to talk now. You've been on a cruise all week. You don't get to talk, lady. <laughs> Should be. Oh, my. <laughs> I was talking about friends and definition of friends and the wickedness. and. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, shoot. His friends, she's, oh, shoot. His friends were <laughs> just like anyone, really. Is because you go through these vacillations of discovery with God and you have to go through that process. And so really, I think it's a great exhibition of what 
the process was for any person at any level, any place with God, where they're vacillating on their own thing with that other person to compare it so that they can see where they're, they themselves are. They want to justify that in mm-hmm. their own mind. So they're trying to make sense of it in that process of, of saying, where am I right? Where am I moving with God? Where am I moving for I have to figure this out if this guy's doing it and he's my friend, you know, because even your friends, who would you better want in a, is a safer place to have someone tell you you got spinach in your teeth or you know mm-hmm. something's wrong here and then a friend you know yeah. that's the best place i mean me and deb boy we went through that on the boat mm-hmm. you know and then we pull right out of it you know but the point is it's it's not easy no going through that and you do make those bouncing uh, comparisons you do well i think another difference is you we have lots, a lot of us have friends that are not aligned with the purpose of God. They love the Lord, but they're not aligned with the purpose of God. They don't even know what the purpose of God is, mm-hmm. or they only know a very small portion of the purpose of God. They right. don't have the full picture. And, and so you don't say, I'm just going to write you off and not right. have a friend. I mean, but you don't take your counsel from people who are not aligned. You can be there to be that influence that will, like Carmen says, will gradually bring them along, perhaps, you know, if they're hungry. Mm-hmm. If anybody that's hungry and seeking God is going to find him. He said that. Find him where his heart is, not mm-hmm. where people think his heart is. Right. But um, as far as, I've just lost my train of thought. Anyway, whatever I said already. I mean, we, we're going to be that influence, but we don't take our counsel from them. We're going to take our counsel from people who are aligned with the heart of God. Right. And so, you know, they, these guys were still considered Job's friends. And at least in scripture, it's still stated that kind of information. And so, like I said, it, we can't, we can't always assume that they're accusing him of what they're saying more, uh, more along the lines of, giving a, 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 a observation. yeah observation really of what of what it looks like but not always saying you're it and here's the thing if you don't know i mean obviously job was in a higher he was functioning in a higher calling than what his friends were absolutely that is because he's the one that was on display he's mm-hmm. the one that was being tested he's the one that god was so confident in his devotion that he had no drawbacks whatsoever about Satan sifting him. Right. So, <clears throat> again, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, my gosh. This is going to be this kind of day, huh? Uh, it's, been, it's been a challenging day, a challenging morning. I, I have to tell you. I, oh, so these, so these guys, though, are still, they're still playing out in their own heads what they know. If you you can only if you don't know you don't know, mm-hmm. and you do the best you can. Every one of us came from there, yeah. You know, and there may still be some things God's refining in us and along that line. But they speak out of what they've observed, and some of the things they have observed, you know, they are able to connect them in the right way. Other things they may not be able to connect them in the right way because their grid is not the same as Job's. Right. It's interesting. <laughs> The, the reason we started in Job was the challenge from Pastor Ron like three Wednesday night lives ago, but <clears throat> we're looking at God Almighty, that the El Shaddai, 
or El Shaddai, however you pronounce it. Um, and we're looking at Job from that perspective. And, and I gave you the definition. It's still on your, if you got a new paper, it's still on the front of, of what it means to be El Shaddai or, or what the word El Shaddai means. Um, so did I put it on my paper? Yes, there it is. So you can see, you know, El Shaddai is God of the uncultivated fields uncultivated fields. This is the God who will train, chasten, and sustain those he loves. And it's so very interesting that that's, that's shown up in Job 20 times. I think I'm ringing. Does anybody else hear that? Okay. Job of all people. Go ahead, Vicki. Well, I just want to, because Pastor Ron has, you know, when God lays a line upon line, we mm -hmm. need to include that in there. So this that definition has been extended just a little bit. Yep. So the chase and sustains those he loves, often in uncomfortable circumstances, mm -hmm. as he trains us to become more skilled and precise as sons in the timing. Exactly. You know, and just the word Shaddai has, a, has that definition of being a, a, the aspect of God that supplies even will defend, will counsel, but will provide all this to his sons as they continue their walk, as they're obedient in their, the walk that, that God has given, the pathway that he's, he's laid before them. Now, I, even reading Job as often as I did, I never saw the pathway that Job that Job was taking. In other words, I never saw that Job was a prophet of God and that he was going to talk to everybody and convert people, um, uh, that he was a teacher, seer. None of those things seem to be defined in the book of Job. So we don't know the exact pathway, but we know that it was a pathway of a son. And we know that his calling, what was Vicki said already, was deeper, uh, the kind of walk that we're participating in right now. And so when we look at, when we look at, um, you know, El Shaddai and Shaddai that way, we understand that even in the midst of all that was going on, which is probably why this is an interesting place for Shaddai to be in, Job knew that God was with him. Job knew that God was providing, even if it didn't look like it. And so, you know, we know some people, some, you know, I know some people, I know Mark won't mind me sharing, or Mark's been just having a, a, a time trying to get a new job and it's just been a difficult time for him and it's almost like a job experience you know he had it all then he has nothing and now now what you know that kind of concept though he wouldn't say he had it all but you know still there's that struggle that's that's going on with him and he has to know and he does that Shaddai will provide Shaddai and, and in the midst of all of that too what is it that God's trying to teach you. What is God trying to chasten from you or chase from you? <laughs> okay. Anyway, what is it that, that you need to look at and deal with? So I know for me at work, um, I have some interesting challenges at work and I have interesting people I work for, but gosh, God is showing me different things about me that I don't think I really realized. And it's really funny because he's using one of my coworkers to say, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? How do you get them to figure out it all, figure out the answer without you telling them what the answer is? I'm like, 
I still don't know what you're talking about. And then she's, yeah, you did this, you say this. I just said, no, we're not going to do it that way. But you said, well, how about we try it? What if we did this and this and this? I didn't know I was doing that, but I'm learning those kinds of things. And it's not, it's not always fun and comfortable. And that's definitely the theme for me right now is this, this is uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable, you're probably in the presence of God. And if that's happening, then there's going to be some chastening and some... I won't say whacking upside the head because I think God's well past that with all of us. He's all about talking to us and us doing, even if we can't hear it, we're still doing what he's asked us to do. Does that make sense? Because sometimes it's like, "Mm, I don't know, just be faithful to what he's told you to do. What's he told us to do? Well, one thing we know, pray. Simple, pray, pray. Oh, okay. By the way, pray. Okay, pray. All right. And then, you know, the other things I know he put me in this job, my new, this new job. So he's got things for all of us to accomplish on his behalf. And if we hold on to Shaddai or even El Shaddai, we understand that all that's happening, all that's going on, he's there in the midst of it. And he is working with us to accomplish and continue this walk as sons, to to not give up, to never give in, and to understand that there's a purpose and a plan, and his heart's there with us, and he's going to provide all that, we, you know, and we could go on and on. He's going to position us. This is all these aspects of God. It's very interesting. Um, so I was going to talk about the very first Christian song I ever heard, When I was in college, when I say Christian song, I mean, not a Catholic hymn, sorry, not a hymn. I mean, a song about God. And the very first song I I ever heard and learned was El Shaddai by Amy Grant. And if you've ever heard the song, the music is wonderful. The words are really cool, but they are not exactly related to El Shaddai. (laughs) I thought, wow, now I know, because I always thought El Shaddai um, had everything to do with the God of, of ages. You know, the, the God that's always existed from beginning to end. And that's, I mean, that's not really what El Shaddai is when you look at it. So it's just so interesting how God takes what you think and says, hey, it's over here. Okay, so we're going to jump over to Job 11 on your scripture sheet, because that's where we stopped. And it's so far, so far as turn, Job deserved worse. Now, I say that because when you just when we read it, you'll understand. I'm just going to I'm just going to read. I wish I could read the whole thing because I started reading every single word in every single chapter. So we're on Job 11 verses five through seven. I don't know what page that is on your guys sheet. Page two. Okay, And so it says here, um, Zophar, by the way, Zophar's name means sparrow. Hmm. Um, and uh, the, uh, more of his definition means departing, but then you go keep going all the way back and you find out it means to go early, to depart early, to skip about, which kind of describes a sparrow. Early bird, early bird gets the worm. Absolutely. So he's talking about People that are, are are not in the right place with God. Wicked people, people in the darkness. All that. He's talking about this. And he says, but oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee. So 
I don't know, and you know, I looked at the words and stuff, but I don't know how to not think that Zophar at this moment is actually talking, attacking Job. So that first word, God, but oh, that God, that is the word Elohim. And that's so very interesting, too, in the whole context of this, because we know that Elohim means his heart towards you. That's his heart for you, towards you. And say, and to say that he would speak, that he would debar and open his lips against thee. So I'm like, wow. But I went and I looked at against. You guys, you really, this is just crazy, but you go look at the word against, and it means equally with, in spite of. So, what, what, I mean, what, what is Zophar really saying, or what is God really saying through what he had Zophar speak? He wants, it sounds like Zophar wants the heart of God to speak against Job. That's what the sentence says. But is that really what the sentence says? <laughs> so the heart of God is going to is going to debar words in spite of what may be going on. That's how I was looking at, at it. Vicky, you don't have anything more? I was hoping you'd have a you know one of those really awesome Vicky things. Um <laughs> So, oh, Debar, right? Sorry. Yeah, if you look at Debar, that's our, those are those um, systematic, carefully arranged word that God gives us that that will be. That those are the, the that's a prophetic can be a prophetic fashion, but it's what is going to be. It brings dominion. Please talk in the microphone too. Okay, brings dominion. So when when the heart of God's talking, then you know those words are definitely dominion taking. But right, in this in this context, he's gonna bring about words of dominion. Well, even when people that aren't in alignment with God use to bar words, they're trying to take dominion. They're trying to use just strategic words that will change the atmosphere and bring about a point of right. dominion. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so in verse six. Zophar goes on to say, and that he would show thee the secrets of wisdom. So what is Zophar? Is Zophar really mad at Job and saying, no, he's talking about some others. It's interesting. Secrets. We know what secrets are. Those things that are hidden. And then we know what wisdom is, right? We don't need to talk about these words, but Vicki would like me to expound a little bit on wisdom. Gotcha. So when we're talking about wisdom, in this case, this word for wisdom is talking about a skill in war. It's talking about properly applying the revelation that God has given you in a, in a warlike fashion. That this particular word, that's part of its definition. We understand that wisdom, revelation, and wisdom, wisdom and revelation, brings about different applications that you can apply to what God is doing and what he's revealing to you. But it seems in this case that it's more specifically talking about when you are, when you're at war, which is again, more interesting in here. Go ahead. So I don't see where the against thee is in there. It's not. Because he's saying, because mine is kept trying to tap on 
on and nothing was coming up. Talk in the microphone. I'm right. against the, I was trying to look it up in my Bible program and nothing was even coming up. So like, it's not really in the original text. Yep. Go ahead. Interesting how they do that. So, right. He's talking about hidden strategies that, mm -hmm. that he's, he's asking, he said, that would be great if God would open these hidden strategies to you to use in warfare, spiritual warfare. Yeah. So really, Zophar is encouraging him and not accusing him. Which really in this sentence, it doesn't seem like he's really accusing them in this, in this verse, anyhow, that they are double to that which is. So that's just saying that there's a, there's, there's a twofold, a, a, um, a duplication of wisdom that, that Zophar knows God's going to bring. Or, yeah. And he goes on to say, know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserves. When people read this, they're saying, and see, this is my bad, because you put up there where it says Job deserves worse. You could just scratch that out, because he's not really saying that. He's really talking about, you know, not just you, but all anybody's iniquity. We, we're always less deserving. We always get less than what we probably should get because we're walking with God. We're walking with, with L. I think that word God is L in verse six. No, it's Eloah, but that it goes right to Elohim. So we're still, we're still in the heart of God. I mean, all of this transpiring in these few verses is Zophar speaking about the heart of God for us or God revealing to him what God's doing in the midst, in his heart, for Job. So you look, again, you look at all these words, and you can see they really, and you see, that I, I left some italicized. The italicized word on your sheet means that it's not there, that they put it in there to make it make sense in English, or their interpretation thereof. So, you know, we, under, we understand the concept of, of knowing, that's the word yada, we understand Yada means to perceive or see and therefore know. And so when you look at, at this, you know, Yada therefore that L exacteth, and that word is not what you think. Oh, Adrian, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Well, I was just thinking it's easy because you even think about where we were in our walk before we truly understood our partnership with God. And we were functioning in a twisted capacity because mm -hmm. we had truth from the Father that we read, read from Scripture, but the way it was applied was not in alignment with His initial purpose. So the reality is that, you know, if you're being judged by that which is aligning with the heart of God and what you're walking in and what you're sharing and what you believe isn't really what aligns with His purpose— that iniquity can be found in any of us. Mm. And even when we receive that revelation, that that's why there's that continual point of dying, because when we think that it should be manifest in a certain way at a certain time, and it doesn't quite come about that way, that it's easy for us to step into a point of iniquity because it is it's just the twisting of the purpose of the Lord. Yep. And so when you're not functioning in total alignment, if you haven't died in every aspect that you could at any time. So when you look at that and you think, well, we as man don't get what we deserve. If the father were to look at us and say, you are not aligned and totally functioning with how I really intend for that measure, we could just 
all of us be consumed, mm-hmm. you know, in that, so to speak. Yeah, so. it's not missing the mark, and like 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 lots of people like to think when they see iniquity, it's that twisted within us. Well, and that's why it differentiates when it says he was bruised for our iniquities and he was, um, by his stripes were healed, but it's talking about iniquities and sin, you know, that it's different. The sin is the total missing of the mark and the iniquity is the twisting of his purpose and the Mm -hmm. application of it. And that one can easily lead to the other if you continue in it. Absolutely. It surely can. So, you know, looking at this, looking at this scripture that we're reading, the last part, know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserves. You can look at all the words that are in there, like I said, and some of the words aren't there, but they put them in there almost in a better interpretation in a way where they're saying that, you know, God's not, he's not forgetting, but because that is part of the definition, but he is, he is the, I can't say it right, neglecting the the worst of your iniquity in what he's doing. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Overlooking. Overlooking. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's the way to put it. So it's it's not what it seems when I read the scripture. We're on page two. You're there. Okay, very good. Um it just it's just it's just amazing how God's talking and through these guys, through so far to say, hey, look, you know. This is what's really happening, or at least this is what I'm seeing. So it's, you know, you're not getting everything you deserve because our iniquities are great. And it would be a great, you know, even though what he got was crazy, it's an iniquity. So what? Our iniquities are great? Our iniquities can be great. It can be very influential. Oh, Sorry. Can be very influential. No, no, I'm telling you, buzzing around. So in verse seven, Zophar goes on to say, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I have read this, I'm like, is he mocking Job? What? Can't you find God? Can't you find the Almighty? Is that is he mocking? I, I don't think so. I think he's once again encouraging Job. Please go search and find out God. So go search and find out, um, Elo, I think it's Eloi in this one. And so the word canst thou by searching is the word shakar, but it, it means that. It means to search, to investigate. That's what it's talking about. And that's what we do when we read scripture and we study it. We're investigating what God's word really means and what it really means to each one of us. Because it means to me this, means to Carmen that, it's still God's word, it means this to everybody, you know. So we're investigators. So he said, can't you investigate, Eloah, can't you investigate the heart of God? Can't you find out, which is the same thing as this, can't you thou by searching those those two words those two phrases are the same um the almighty unto perfection can't you see el shaddai who provides what you need and in that count in that case brings you to a completeness into a, a perfection for what he's doing to understand go vicky you I guess you can read these if they truly were questions as rhetorical mm-hmm. you know you could yeah but the fact that they made them questions, they really aren't questions because none of that is in there. Again, it's just he's telling them, 
basically, you know what to do. Go search out the heart of God mm-hmm. and attain the completion that comes from from the the training of Shaddai. See it through to the end. Way through that. I, I don't know. I, can't, I think it's amazing that as friends and God, that God would speak to Job in this fashion in the midst of what's going on around him. He's like, you can know stuff. Come, come talk to me. Come be a part of what I'm doing. Partner with me in this way. And I'm not saying we're going to go through Job events. I'm just saying that life is not going to get easier and easier. You know, you, you say that we're not going to go through Job events, but we are. I mean, there are things that are happening around us that we can't explain. We don't know why it's happening. Uh, people try to put a, uh, a handle on it by saying, well, you must have done something wrong. Exactly. Or I must have done something wrong. Otherwise, God wouldn't have let this happen. You know, because after all, quote, God is about making me happy, unquote. <laughs> uh, and and so, uh, you know, that we're going to get that from people. As we, uh, in, in this congregation, as, as we are few in number, but we are strong in purpose. We, we, are, we are 100% functioning totally in unity. And, and that, that in the kingdom is, is more powerful than thousands mm-hmm. uh, dabbling in, in, their, in their faith. So, uh, you know... We will get, you know, well, if you were doing things right, you would be, you know, more in number. But if we do things <laughs> right, we are going to be the remnant, few in number. And so by that testimony, we are exactly where God has placed us, where mm-hmm. God wants. Absolutely. So when people come, it is an invitation to join the remnant, not to fill the house. The house. Yeah. Go ahead, Vicki. You look like you have something you want to say. No, she doesn't want... Mm, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> say anything. Um, so, let me make sure I've covered what I wanted to say. So, in the midst of everything that's going on with, with Job... His friends are are really being an encouragement and not necessarily a mocking or a questioning of what's going on, at least in this case with Zophar. Go ahead. I just think it's, it's who wouldn't want friends that would say these types of things to you? Go search out God's heart. Uh, yeah. Don't take my opinion. Don't, you know, let's not speculate. Go yep. search out God's heart. Don't listen to the voices that are talking to you. Mm-hmm. Go search out his heart and and. and Grab a hold of what he's got for you, which is a complete training, you know, yeah. that, that is going to make you closer to his heart and more efficient as his son than ever. Who wouldn't want friends like that that would tell you that sort mm-hmm. of thing? Turn your eyes. You know, so in the next chapter of Job, I, I wrote on your piece of paper that Job says that he is in Elohim's hands. But as I read this, and if you read, which is not, we don't have anything from chapter 12 on the sheet. If you read chapter 12, you're going to see that this is when Job testifies about God. He testifies about his wisdom, testifies about his strength, God's wisdom, God's strength. He testifies about Jehovah. In verse 9 of chapter 12, he, he starts to point at, there is a plan and purpose 
And he continues to talk about that aspect of God within his scripture, Jehovah, Yahweh. And what he's saying is a strategy on itself because it's, it's prophetically declaring what he knows to be true, even though it doesn't look that way in the realm or to anybody else. Right. So what we're seeing here is Job's taking Zophar's advice. Mm -hmm. He's taken it to heart. He said, yes, you're right. And this is his conclusion. This is what he is seeing. Yep. I think that's pretty uh, significant. It is significant. And, and I don't know how you guys have been dealing with stuff lately, but I sure have been talking a lot to God and saying what I know is true, what I know is in Scripture. Just been saying, I, I know I, 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 can, I can do a lot of things, but I know without God, I'm nothing. So I'm going only where he goes. I'm going to only do what I what he tells me to do. I'm only going to see what he sees. And here's my biggest problem right now is hearing. <laughs> because I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. Don't want I want to only hear God's voice. And even if I can't hear God's voice, here's the thing that I'm learning. I, it's okay. I don't want to hear the other voices that I know are not God. The ones that tell me I'm going to fail. The ones that say you can't do this. It's okay if you give in. It's okay to, no, I just want to hear God's voice. And sometimes hearing nothing is just as important. But yeah, okay. So, so Job is testifying to who, who God is. So in Job chapter 13, he's continuing to do this. And he says, lo, mine eye has seen all this. Mine ear hath heard and understood it. Now he's talking about all the stuff they talked about in Job chapter 12, all the testifying he did about who God is, about his strength, about God's wisdom. What else did I write down? Oh, about his plans of purpose, all of that. So really probably going to need to read, go read chapter 12. And so he's making the statement that his eye has seen, his eye has ra'ah. So he was, he was able to see the toe from the raw, but really was able to see that God, the the toe that's happening, he was able to discern that that's where, that's where the truth is. He could see them both, but he knew what the truth was. And then he said, my ear, my ear hath heard and understood it. So ear is your ear, but you know, when, when it says understood, that's the word for a discernment. That's a word for, for being able to look at something and, and spiritually hear, Shema, hear what's being said, right? We know Shema is to hear what God's saying and to, I'm going to say immediately obey, but to, to obey what you heard and then when he, and understood. So not only did he hear him and he's going to obey, but he's saying he has discernment. He was able to process what God what God was saying and have an understanding of what was going on. Vicki, did you want to say something? Okay. Because I saw you reach for the mic. Well, <clears throat> the word ear there also means the receiver of divine revelation. And so, and the word oh, that's okay. I is that word A-Y-I-N that, mm -hmm. that's been talked about recently, which talks about the intent of God. Mm -hmm. So I, I think he's yeah. also saying this is more than just what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing with my eye, it's the intent of God within my, my spirit. I I'm spiritually seeing and I'm spiritually hearing, you know, and discerning what's going on. In the midst of everything that's going on, this is what Job is declaring. And he says, what, you know, the same do I know also 
I am not inferior unto you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. So this is very interesting again. And this is just three verses in chapter 13, because it goes on to say amazing things, and some things we even know, and I'll We've, we've quoted before, but let's look at, let's look at verse two. What you know, the same do I know also. I am not inferior unto you. So look at the words again. Look at the scripture and how, and how it's, how, what is the structure that's going on? What you know is a, a, a word that the derivative is yada, but it means to, you know, it's a concept of having knowledge and a perception, skill and discernment, all of that. And what you know, I know. I've been able to properly ascertain by seeing what, you know, what we're talking about right here so far. I'm, I'm with you. Um, and then he says, I am not inferior unto you. So the word inferior, we, we have a, I have a bad connotation for it, but it, but it is talking about to, to fall or to be cast down or to even fail. So, you know, I think that Job is making a, a statement, like, like we keep saying, reading the box scores. He's saying, you know, I'm not going to fail. You're not failing. We're good. We're good. We're going to keep, we're going to keep processing through all of this because we have a knowledge. We have a knowing, we have a knower that gets to know stuff. God's going to keep filling that and showing you what his plans and purpose are because specifically that's what he was talking about right before we get into chapter 13. But then he goes on to say, surely I would speak to the almighty and I desire to reason with God, which when we read that just sounds oh so nice. I want to reason. I want to, I desire to speak to God and I want to reason with him. Maybe he'll teach me stuff and that all may be true, but it's, it's really Job's declaration, because when you look at the word um, desire and reason, when we're talking about the heart of God, you see that it means to be pliable. And I desire is talking about being, is that the right word? Reason means no, I got the wrong, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong, I'm on the wrong verse. Let's go back. When you look at this, uh, okay, surely I would speak, that also means debar, which we're talking about, to Shaddai. So he would like to debar what Shaddai is doing. That's, that's what he's saying. Surely, absolutely, but indeed, I would like to debar what Shaddai is showing me, what Shaddai is doing. And it says that he would like to desire. So the word desire means to take pleasure in, um, to be pleased. I think I have that. I don't. Did you look at Does it have a root word? Is it a root word? Yeah, for, de, for desire. Yes. What is it? What is the root word? I don't care about the word. What's the definition of the root word? Incline. To incline? Okay. Okay. So we take pleasure, please. We want to please. Um, to reason with God, and reason is to to decide with the Lord when His heart is speaking. So you can use every definition of reason there if you want to look them all up. Um, to be right, to be correct, 
um, reciprocally to argue, to decide, to justify or convict, all of these things. But see, I take it in the context of what he's saying, what his declaration is. I would like to please the, the just, uh, please the rightness of God, please the understanding of God's heart with what's going on. This has not been easy. Well, we know that uh, Shaddai uh, speaks of the uh, the one who molds, the, the one who who trains, mm -hmm. and so this this uh, this bending from uh, the the reasoning is is in other words being conformed to the way God's reasoning. It's that that submitting to the molding to the to the um, to His heart, yeah, putting putting it where it should be, wow. and, and so that means that. We we bend those things the way he wants it, and not the way we feel like ought to be. Mm -hmm. And that word for desire is a verb. So he's saying, "I'm I take delight." That's what brings pleasure, I think, to him, is to be able to prove or to appoint or to judge or whatever word you want to put in there what God's heart is. Yeah, the heart that's of what heart. he that's what he lives for. Mm -hmm. so, I mean. It, yeah. This, for me, this really has, has kind of changed how I look at Job. I mean, the, the initial understanding of it is fine, but now we're building on that, and, and we're building a nice little Lego-type <laughs> building, and because uh, we're doing a line upon line, and you just think, look at things just a little bit different. Um, you know, later on in in Job 13, we have this scripture that lots of people use. And it says in verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own way, my path. I will maintain my path before his face. And he understands, he understands what that's all saying. He's, he's, not, he's not blaming God for anything. He's saying this is all part of the plan. This is all Shaddai taking me on a one big, huge training mission. Go ahead. And just to word it in another way, but the same thing. Please. I mean, really, he's just saying he declares that he's going to join his voice when he says, I would speak. So like you said earlier, Debar, those <laughs> carefully laid out words of dominion. Mm -hmm. He's going to continue to speak those things that he knows will bring dominion that he's gained by the training of the Lord when he's speaking to the almighty yeah. and that he's going to take pleasure or he'll gladly bend to the judgment of God's heart that allows him to be in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And really when you think about slaying, it means to kill part of it, but that's exactly what we want God to do. We want him to kill us so that we're just spirit man, doing exactly what he wants to do. So really, it, I'm telling you, you, you guys keep looking and you'll see all these things if you continue to study Job. And you can see why sometimes I'm like, why did they write it that way? And that's the word we've been using for presence too. And that's the word, which one? Before. Oh, but right, before, his face. Because it's panim, I don't know if I'm saying it right. And that is talking about his presence. And that's a lot, that's also used frequently in Job, which is, man, how can you be in his, okay, going on, moving on. So Job 14, 
he's talking about how death is going to be um, present slash available to all. <laughs> Can we say it that way? Um, and, you know, again, read the scripture. Because I'm almost positive Panim's also used in Job 14 about being before his face. So then we get to Job 15. And the reason I did the skipping around, obviously, is because we're talking really about El Shaddai. But you can see how Elohim and Shaddai and El Shaddai are part of everything that Job is talking about, discussing, and how much he was present in his life. So many would look at Job and think he was a perfect man, that he had he was righteous all the way through, but there was obviously some things that God still needed to train him for for what was to come. We don't even know what that was. Wouldn't that be nice to have Job too? Where we got Job saying, all right, and this is what happened after that. I got all this stuff, and then da 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 You know, everything was, was returned to me, fivefold, whatever the words are. And then this is what I had to go through next. And now because I did that, I was able to do this. And that's the stuff that's going on now. We got that, that training process that's going on. We went through this, though this is how you do it. And, you know, there's not a single person here who has not gone through some kind of training in their life. Because you got to do, you got to learn how to to be a pastor. That's not what they call it, though, at college. But you need to learn how, uh, about God's word and all that kind of thing. Had to do some training so you can be a nurse. Had to do some training, even, Bob, to run a computer at your desk. Right? And Kim, computers, process things correctly. Learn business processes. Uh. We all had things that we had to learn. I'm not even going to go to David because he knows all the training he's had to do. And he had some last week, so he understands. Gosh, and even as a mom, I don't mean to leave moms out. <laughs> There's some training in that stuff. Uh, I think one of the, the things that can be taken away from this, and it's an obvious thing, it's not really stated here, but uh, the, the appreciation for what was restored, the the um, the caution or or the the um, attention to how the things that we restored were to be used, because he has known how quickly they can disappear, and uh, so he realizes that what was restored is a blessing to be uh, dedicated to God uh, and to be so thankful uh, in his outlook for what was brought back and not in a prideful way, but in a humble, mm -hmm. uh, this is amazing kind of a thing. This is, this is a really a partnership now with, with God. So the things that were restored were now um, dedicated in a, in a greater measure to partnering with, with yeah. God. Do you think we'll, we will one day get to a point where when something is going on, God is showing us something, you know, El Shaddai is hanging out with us, that when the stuff hits the fan, we won't have an emotional reaction? Is that asking too much of our fleshly self? with our spirit man sitting on top of our fleshly self going, shut up. Just saying, just, just saying. Well, I think there'll be a partnership with the spirit in our emotions mm -hmm. so that it is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there is going to, you know, mm -hmm. our soul is appropriate 
And only, of course, when connected with the spirit. <laughs> exactly. So if the spirit's in control, our emotions will be appropriate. And it'll be a fantastic union. Oh, I want that day. Can we have it today, Lord? Come I mean, on, Dad. You know, when you look at Jesus on the cross saying, you know, Father, forgive them. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. That that was a combination of, of the spirit moving in him with his emotions. I mean, uh, Stephen demonstrated that same thing as he was being stoned. Uh, you know, yeah. he asked for this sin not to be laid to the charge of these people. So there was there was an emotional response, but it wasn't for judgment against the people. Mm -hmm. And and that's the kind of harmony that we're going to have. Yeah. We do have now. We just got to know it. Yeah, we do. So. Next, we're in Job 15, and Eliphaz is now speaking. Now, I wrote Eliphaz accuses Job of not fearing God, but I don't think that's true either, so just put Eliphaz, Eliphaz talks to Job <laughs> when you look at the scriptures. Eliphaz, his name means God of gold. You can see L in there, so you know we're talking about the heart of God is gold. That's, that's, what, his, that's what his name means. In Job 15, verses 22 to 26, Eliphaz is not accusing Job of being wicked, but if you look above, he's talking about what wicked man can probably expect to occur. So I'm in verse 22, it, it, just the first sentence, verse 22 is so weird. He believes not that he shall return out of darkness, and he is waiting for of the sword. Okay, that's just weird. But look... If you study, look at the words that are in that scripture. Because it's he believes, which is the word Amon. What do we know about Amon? That means we're going to the right hand of God. That's what Eliphaz is talking about. We're going to the right hand of God. And Shub, that's the word for return. That means to turn back. Not do a 360, <laughs> to turn back. Um... See, because not that he shall, not that he shall return is not, not is not in there. It's just shub. Okay, so you're at the right hand, we're shubing um, out of darkness. Darkness means darkness, obscurity, darkness. And he is waiting, that once again is all one word. I mean, he is waiting, waited. He has waited. That's one word, and that means to look out for, to keep watch for the sword. Well, sword is cherub, not cherub, but cherub, see, cherub, anyhow, I can't say it. It's talking about a sword, but what do we know? What's the sword? Destruction. It is destruction based on, I'm going to say, the word of God. It's founded in the word of God because we've talked about the sword and famine. Remember, we did a whole big study at that. We tell the kids we're going to do a sword drill, right? We hold up the Bible. His word speaks to it all. So when you look at this scripture, it doesn't really say what is written in black and white. That's why I want to go back and rewrite it. Uh, sorry, re not reinterpret. Interpret it from a mnemonic standpoint. I, I think this is 
kind of speaking about what we're watching today. I mean, mm. those people that are not really aligned with God in any way, and some of them that love the Lord and are not aligned in the way that they know they should. Mm-hmm. And when I use the word love, I'm I'm speaking of it purely out of an emotion. Okay. Right. Which is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But emotion doesn't really play into agape at all. So the the person that that's in this position, um, they think they can turn back the darkness. And they're watching for basically that point of destruction or they're there's going to be a physical way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're seeing this now. People think that they can stop what's going to happen, which is d- just a mess in our, just in our nation alone, not to mention the world, that they're going to be able to stop it by their own hand. Right. By their own effort, by their <clears throat> own, by a war, you know, or whatever. Right. And, and you go on to read the rest of it, and you can see it's, it's hopeless. It's hopeless for that person. That's functioning in that way, right? If they're going to continue on that path, so very interesting, because it really, when you look above this, he's talking about the wicked man, and he's using these words to describe that. So, <clears throat> verse twenty-three it says, "He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knows that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid." They shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. Isn't that interesting? These two words, trouble and anguish, it's like two pillars. (laughs) But the trouble and anguish, they're going to cause what? They're going to cause you to have fear, to be in fear of something. And I, you know, how how many times has fear been popping up with me? I'm going to say me because you guys probably don't have as much as fear as I do. I don't know. Um. And verse 25 says, For he stretched out his hand against God and strengthened himself against the Almighty. Wow. He runs upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his bucklers. Oh, boy. Did that? Oh, that didn't do that. Wow. Go. But that it just reminded me of the principle of when... Jesus comes to Saul before he becomes Paul and says, how long are you going to kick against the goads? Mm -hmm. You know, those things that the father has put in place as a narrowing to, to train us, to have us placed properly and functioning, that if you're pushing against that, trying to say, nope, I can make this go away on my own. I can make the darkness better and I don't have to submit. We don't have to die. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable because God wants us to be happy and not Mm -hmm. to have to experience these narrow places that require the things that don't align with him to be squeezed out or pruned off or cut off that, you know, he's, he's not going to succeed the way he thinks he's going going to. to. Exactly. So as Adrian was saying, trouble is talking about a narrowness in a tight place. I don't, I don't frankly want to be in a place like that physically. But spiritually, it's definitely going to happen. We have to, we, we take it because we know we're supposed to. But in this case, these people are not understanding what's happening. Well, and I think we've been in those places oh, yeah. and probably will be too in the physical. You know, if, if you lose a job, that's just one instance, mm-hmm. and you have no livelihood 
for however long. That is a tight place. You're in a tight place, depending upon how much savings you have. Mm -hmm. You know, it could get tighter and tighter really quick. And I mean, that's just one of many places that physically it happens, but it's always to to grow us and test us that if we'll rely on the Lord and continue to be who he made us to be in the midst of even that. Yeah. Or do we panic and start doing whatever? Oh, and get yourself stuck even more. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I'm really sorry. It's 930. And I knew I wasn't going to get too much further. <laughs> That's so sad, but you know, I could do part three. I could, I could. Uh, it's the problem is you people talk too much. I'm going to blame it on you guys. I don't know if it's helpful, but it's just definitely an interesting continuing scenario of Job and how that really is going to affect us as well and how it does affect us and how El Shaddai is El Shaddai. And it, just because it's a tight spot, even though it's talking about a other person, but even though it might be a tight spot, God's still there. Shaddai's still there providing. He's still there giving you counsel. He's still there defending you in places you may not even understand that he's defending you too. So, because really, go Vicky. I just, Eliphaz is, he's just, he's speaking life into in the midst of his observations, he's speaking life into his friend Job. He is. And he's saying, you know, this is this is the condition of this guy, these type of people, mm -hmm. but you're going to prevail as, in your kingly function. That I mean, he already knew we're made to be priests and kings, and so you're you're going to prevail over this, you know, as a king that's that's already ready for battle, already yeah. prepared for battle. Yep. Amen and amen.